Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. If you find this podcast informative or helpful, subscribe today and tell a friend so they can stay informed too. Well, here we go again, folks, as the school year rolls around and yet the kids have to do it from home again. It's incredibly frustrating. There were lots of lessons learned back in the spring when we got that word on a, I think it was a Friday the 13th, that we wouldn't be able to get back in the buildings on Monday. Over the summer, school district leaders have been looking back on all that happened in the springtime and trying to discern what lessons to learn and uh, how that can inform how we start back in the, the fall. And here we are. And one of those leaders is our executive director of Cobb's award-winning Food and Nutrition Services Department, Emily Hanlon. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, award-winning is uh, something I think everybody needs to know because you guys do a great job. Uh, you've got 113,000 students in the school district, and yet you feed uh, almost all of them. I'm sure some bring their lunch, right? Yes. Um, that Friday, that uh, last spring, Friday the 13th, uh, we learned that we couldn't return to schools on the following Monday, and that was quite a jolt to us. How did that impact our students from a food and nutrition standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. What, what's really interesting is we, while we are a district that has a good amount of wealth in it, we do have over 45,000 students who rely on school meals hmm. every day. So we really wanted to make sure we found a way to still offer them the meals they would get at school in a way that was convenient for their families um, during that difficult time. So hmm. we really relied on things like USCA waivers that allowed us during um, what's called unanticipated school closures uh-huh. um, to offer a meal service that allowed families to come pick up meals for the week versus having them have to come every day at breakfast and every day at lunch just to get a meal. We were able to provide them five breakfasts and five lunches once a week to make it really convenient for our families. Um, So, you know, trying to still figure out ways to take care of those students. Okay. And uh, the whole reason for this food and nutrition department even is to make sure that our, our kids are well-fed enough to learn well, right? Yep. We are, our tagline is fueling student success. Oh, that's great. So we that's, really take, sense. yeah, we take a focus <laughs> on, you know, while the district's goal is student success within learning and teaching and leading, we really look at our role in that is making sure that students have the nutrition they need so that they can be productive in the classroom. Because really the bottom line is hungry children can't learn. Mm. So our role is really to help support those students who need those, those nutritious meals to be basically achieve in the classroom. Every honest person can uh, say they've had that moment of uh, maybe skipping a breakfast and just having a brain fog moment thereafter, right? Yep. Uh, It's it's an important thing. Yeah, and breakfast actually is important too from just from classroom discipline, Mm -hmm. right? You get that that hangry. We've all heard that term, right? So, (laughs) you know, students get hangry too. So, you know, breakfast is very important for them just to help them not only be fueled for learning, but it helps with behavioral stuff as well. Absolutely. I've got one of those kids in my house. Yeah. Understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going back to last spring, uh, community members stepped up big time. Um, the employees of, of the school district, not just food and nutrition, mm-hmm. by the way, but uh, actually teachers and yes. counselors and social workers, uh, got together with, I think it was Must primarily, yes. right? And uh, helped to hand out food in the springtime to families that were suddenly uh, kind of blindsided uh, nutritionally, like all of us were on, on all these things. 
one of the things I recall from the people at Must was that they were saying they were having trouble getting food because things like truck lines were shut down because they couldn't operate because of COVID-19. How does that apply to the school district? Are, are we subject to the same uh, troubles and, and challenges in that regard? We are. It's It's been an interesting past six months. We've been doing not only trying to feed our students through the summer, but being prepared for opening back up in the fall, whether it is through remote learning or, you know, at one point we were looking at a choice option, you know, getting things like gloves. You mm-hmm. know, we can't operate a food service program without gloves. Wow. Um, we, ha- we were having a hard time getting gloves in. So we were looking at different manufacturers, different suppliers. We talked to every one of our food manufacturers, partner, partners, think people like Tyson, General Mills, Kellogg's to say, hey, here are the products that we know we're going to need come August uh-huh. for our students. Are you going to be able to provide them? And really having those conversations starting as early as April to say, here's wow. the things we're going to need. Are you going to be able to supply them? So that as we started planning, we knew we could get the items that we knew our students liked. So you knew way back then to go ahead and start working on, on the fall. That's, that's yes. pretty insightful. So looking back at that experience in, in the springtime, what did we learn from that? You know, you had to make calls just shooting from the hip, essentially. And now you've had some time to plan. How is it different this fall than it was back in the springtime? Well, that's a great question. So the spring, you're right. We, we flipped this in a week. We went from on-site meal service to what we're calling the curbside pickup. Uh-huh. Um, what's, what we learned a lot of lessons on how to efficiently service the needs of our community and our students. So as you mentioned before, we we were blessed with partners, um, teachers and social workers and the Must Ministry staff for being available and helping us with the distribution piece. Mm-hmm. So while my team was in the kitchen preparing the, the meal kits and getting them all put together, we had folks out front helping us do the distribution. So we learned a lot of lessons on that, on how best to you know make sure we're social distancing and we're keeping not only the people who are working safe, but the families who are picking up meals from mm-hmm. us safe. Yeah. Um, and then we've, we're having to shift gears a little bit because of the way our program is run you know, we were operating those meals under what's called a seamless summer or an emerge- or unexpected um, school closure waiver, mm-hmm. meaning any school that at least 50% of the students qualified for free or reduced price meals, we could serve any child under 18 who pulled up for free. So they, they were able to get a meal kit at no charge. Wow. And they could be two years old. They could be four years old, as long as they were under 18. And, of course, we had to see the student or we had to see the child, so that helped us be able to... Um, account for them. Yeah. Now, once we start school, it's a little bit different. We go back to our normal National School Lunch Program operations. So what we've really done now is we've taken that same meal kit option mm-hmm. and we've modified it so that we're now in compliance with our National School Lunch Program. So we can now offer this at all school sites. So every school site will be open for meal kit wow, pickup. Wow, that's handy. Yep. Which in the summer we were, or you know, during the spring and summer, we were limited to eight sites. We yeah. are now have every school open. Okay. And we'll have a few that will open a couple weeks late because of construction and other things, but most of them will be open. Um, And then everyone can come get a meal. Now, what that means, though, is you you will pay for your meal based like you would at school. So if you qualify for free or reduced price meals Mm -hmm. via the application process, then you would pay a free or reduced price. So um, if you qualify for free, obviously the meal kit, you would get five breakfasts, five lunches at no charge for your student. Mm-hmm. Reduced price then is 367 And then if you don't qualify for either of those, 
that same meal kit with those five breakfasts, five lunches only costs twenty three ninety nine for the week. So it's still a great wow. value. Yeah. And it includes entrees, fruits, juice, milk, vegetable sides. Um, so it's it's a good quantity of food. It's a nice full meal like they would get at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's items that they can heat at home. So, for example, I mentioned Tyson earlier. We have a, a beautiful white, all-white meat Tyson chicken patty that we'll be sending home that the parents can then heat up at home so the student can have a nice hot lunch at home. Earlier, you mentioned everybody. You, you mm-hmm. don't mean everybody, everybody. You no, mean, I mean everybody. So whether a student is a student... At oh, good, 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 dis- good distinction. So they need to be an enrolled Cobb County student. Okay. And that's what I mean by everybody. <laughs> well, so if you have a four-year-old at home then, and they're not enrolled, then it's a little bit different. We won't be able to serve them a student meal. Okay. Um, so that, that is definitely a, a distinction. So that's a little bit different than what we were able to do in the summer, again, because of the difference in the USDA waivers. Okay. And that's also, frankly, that's just being fiscally responsible Correct. to the taxpayer. We want to make sure that those who uh, were expecting the food program to help them will continue doing so but uh, we're, we're not looking to just feed the entire community correct right. correct okay. all right so let's say that somebody is interested in uh taking part in this they've never been in the the program in that that sense of application how, how do they get qualified to be able to do this how do they apply for this and how does that work on a, a schedule sense in other words uh you don't pick up a ton of food the first week of school and make it work for the entire semester. Is it a weekly thing? And yep, Tell us more point. about it. So um, we actually have worked through our payment provider or our, our app. So it's called My Payments Plus. Okay. They have a phone app. They also have a website. Um, many of our parents have used it not only for adding money to the students' meals accounts, but many schools use it for things like prom tickets and other things. So a lot of our parents are already familiar with this as a tool that they use to, pr- to purchase things through the district. Okay. So we've worked with them to set up what is essentially a weekly meal kit order. So the parents will log in. And so if they don't have a My Payments Plus account already, it's a free account. There's no, there's no charge for having the account. If they need instructions on that, they can go to the Food Nutrition Services webpage, and we have the full instructions there. If they uh-huh. need help, they can also call our office, and we're happy to help as well. Um, so they'll create an account, and each week, starting on Tuesday through Thursday at noon, they can order the meal kit for the following week. And they will have to do that each week. And we really ask them to do that each week so that we really can anticipate how much food to prepare each Sure, week. sure. You've got to have time to get it all together yep. and so forth. Well, that just makes sense. So is there anything else you want to, want to add to this? It sounds to me like you, you've covered it pretty well. Yeah, some of the, the things we've been hearing from parents or questions we've gotten uh-huh. include like where, you know, where can I go get meals? I have a student at elementary. I have a student at two students at middle. I don't want to have to go to two places to pick up meals. Right. right. So what, what we're doing through the My Payments Plus process is we're allowing the pick them to pick up meals at any of the schools in the feeder pattern that their schools are enrolled in. Okay. So if the high school is more convenient to their home, they can go pick up meals for all three of their children, regardless of what age they are mm-hmm. at the high school because that's closer to their home and easier more convenient for the parent okay so and we've also scheduled you know during our emergency and our summer meals we did a middle of the day pickup um so most of the pickup times were 10 to noon or 11 to 1 right we are actually doing a monday afternoon evening pickup so the majority of our schools will be open from 4 to 6 p.m for meal pickup so oh, trying to make yeah. it convenient for those parents yeah. who maybe are going to work they can pick that up yeah, on their that, way home. That is great because a lot of back then a lot of a lot of folks were just sitting at home and Correct. it didn't matter. But now some are going back and and now that's uh, scheduling is 
critical. Yes. Right? So it allows them that flexibility to, if they are coming back from work, to pick up the meals on their way home. Okay, so let me get a clarifying question uh-huh. here. Yeah. You were talking about the feeder pattern. Let's say I've got a kid in uh, elementary and one in middle, one in high. Um, when I go on to My Payments Plus, is that where I say I'd like to pick them all up at the high school? Or Yes, exactly. Okay. So as part of the ordering process, you'll, you'll pick your student, and then you'll be given basically a list of the available pickup schools based on where your student is enrolled. So um, you can then select which one you're going to pick up from. Okay, and we'll make sure that we put the uh, the links to all of this down in the uh, description area Great. for this podcast. So we've been listening to Cobb's Executive Director of Food and Nutrition Services, Emily Hanlon. Emily, thank you so much for the information. Thank I you. know this is, a lot of people are, are really uh, anxious to get this in their hands, and I, I think you've told us some things that are going to help set nerves at ease. You can find the links mentioned by visiting the district website, uh, wwwcobbk 12 and look for the article entitled Remote Learning Meal Plan. You'll find what you need in there as well as in the description for this podcast. Also, you can learn more about Cobb School's response to COVID-19 by visiting the district website given previously and just click on the banner link at the top of the page there. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.